This is Rachel Gilbert, and you are listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Radical Radiance Podcast. My name is Rebecca George, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by my friend, Rachel Gilbert, author of Image Restored and host of the podcast, Real Talk with Rachel. I cannot tell you how thankful I am for her, and we have actually got to walk through the process of publishing our first books together. We are with the same publisher, and that's been such a gift to me as we we've done this together. And so I'm so excited for her to share her wisdom with you. It's going to be such a powerful conversation. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you know about the launch team for Do The Thing. Have you joined yet? There's just two easy, quick things that you need to do. Number one is pre-order the book with your favorite online retailer, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book, whatever you want. And then number two, go to dothethingbook.org and scroll to the bottom. You can sign up to join the launch team there where we will be gifting you all sorts of bonus resources, such as a 30-day devotional, an audiobook version of that devotional, a quiz, a goal planning guide, and more. Make sure you hop in there today. And also the email that you'll get after you sign up, you will get access to the Facebook group. And that's where all the fun's going to be taking place as well. So make sure you join there. And for now, help me welcome my friend Rachel Gilbert to the show. Rachel, I am so excited to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I I know. I'm so excited we finally get to sit down and have this conversation about your book. It has been such a gift to me to get to walk alongside you in this journey. Our books come out about a month before one another. Yours comes out in March, mine in April. And so it's just been such a beautiful thing to get to walk through each phase of this process together. And it's just such a testament to just God's faithfulness in the midst of walking out our calling. And so I'm so excited to get to chat about Image Restored today. I think this message matters so much to us in this season as women and as women who are just trying to be faithful in our calling and in our families. And I think this area can be such a stronghold in our lives. I know it has been for me in many seasons of my life. And I just love sort of the foundation that you lay at the beginning of the book. You talk about just this inside out approach to body image. And so as we get started, I would love for you to share a little bit about your own journey and why sharing this inside out approach is so important to you. Well, Rebecca, I can't help but think, you know, even when you're just sitting here talking about our calling and, you know, your listeners don't know this, but hopefully they'll, they can come check it out. I had you on my show to talk about your yeah. message and we did just sit and talk about all calling related things. And if I'm completely honest, and this is probably going to be news to you, whenever I set out to write a book, I did not anticipate my first book was going to be on body image. Because to be honest, mm -hmm. I did, wasn't a big fan of being in the front lines of this message. Like it's kind of, you know, yeah. especially something that I've wrestled out myself so much. And to um, have the Lord speak to me and just say, no, this is the message I want you to do. Because it was, it's the message of the thing that would have held me back from yeah. pursuing callings and not just body image. Uh, the cool thing about this 
book is after I wrote it, I realized, you know, it is a book on body image, but it's even a step deeper than that. It's just image of this image, you know, that goes so much, so much deeper than body. And so um, back to your question, though, about that inside out approach, um, briefly about my story, I you know, we all have a story. That's the thing. Like, that's my favorite part about getting to know people. Everybody has a story. And I hope the listeners, as I share just a few highlights of my story, they can kind of think on their story and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't experience that, but I did experience this because none of us have the same story, right? Uh, But we can all look at how that story shaped who we are today and and what we do with that story. And so, yeah, I grew up um, a little, just a little overweight as a kid. And, um, you know, in high school, I played basketball. And I put that in air quotes because I was not any good at it, but my, all my friends were on the team and I enjoyed being on the team with them. So I played with them. And uh, But I had a weird hip thing happen when I was 14 years old. It was just a very abnormal growth thing. And actually the doctors kind of couldn't figure out what was happening. And they told me, you're probably not gonna be able to have kids, which by the way, that's a miracle too. I do have three children. And um, their answer to me was, hey, we really can't figure out what's going on with you, but we do know this. You need to stop playing basketball and you need to lose weight. And But they didn't tell me how to lose weight or anything. And so I just kind of on my own stopped drinking sodas and, and candy bars and weight fell off for like the first and only time ever in my life. You know, I dropped like 30 yeah. pounds in a month. And, and so I, in that particular season, um, I went from just being a little unseen and, and, uh, not knowing who I was, and then all of a sudden was getting some attention because I'd lost some weight. And and in that season, the enemy really just deposited a lie um, in my in my heart that man, your worth is really just completely wrapped up in what people think of you, not just your appearance, um, but in so many ways. And and so I did. I spent several years striving and hustling, and and um, that I was so consumed. I would go between these two lands of obsession and neglect, and that was just all my time and energy was spent on. Um, and just mm. really, yeah, just was very obsessed. And most people didn't even know was the other thing. Um, this was very, yeah. a secret thing just between uh, myself. And I had a, a few friends who would kind of, we, we knew a little bit about what was going on with each other. Cause we had same types of behaviors. And so my passion, um, that that's my personal, my freedom journey. We don't have time to go completely into that because I don't want to spend the whole time talking about me. Um, But I just, it was after I got married and was pregnant with our second daughter that the Lord really began to do a work in my heart and teach me a different way of doing things. And so when I say an inside out approach, you know, the world and the, the culture we live in teaches us, hey, if you do behavior modification, if you change the outside of yourself first, then internally you're going to be so happy and you're going to finally feel good in your skin and you're going to, you know, all these things. And and I do, I just take a different approach because I believe that um, the only thing that's going to be the same now versus 20 years, 100 years is God's word. Um, that's the only yeah. thing that's not going to change. And so when I started my own personal freedom um, journey, I started with God's word and that's what I'm doing with this message and just bringing as many people with me who would like to take the journey. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm thinking of my own story in that. And you and I talked a little bit about my running story and your marathon story and what God has taught us through those experiences and a little bit of the the struggle that came in that with me as well was running was an idol to me for many years. And so 
I would train for a marathon or some crazy race and um, I'd hit that goal. And then the next Monday, it was never, it was never enough for me. Right. And so the Lord and I have been on this journey over the last few years as well of really seeing that idolatry and like how that played out and impacted um, just so many areas of my life and really transforming my heart of like, man, you are, you are more than a number on a scale or the, the gene size that you can fit into or not fit into in this season. And so um, just this heart transformation and remembering those truths that we know in God's word is just so important as we think about just this topic that matters so much to us. And um, I love how you've organized the book. You've organized it into different sections based on the image restored blueprint. And I would love for you to just give us a little bit of a taste of that. When I ask a question like this, I always say the goal is that you go grab the book and that you walk through this material with Rachel. But I'd love for you to just give us a taste of how the book is laid out. I love that you just, Rebecca, brought up the idolatry piece, because if I had written this book, oh, let's see, seven years ago, I first started um, getting asked to speak on this, like it just at my local church and things. And the first thing that God's taught me initially was about idols in this area. And I, I dedicated a chapter to it. And I admit that most people are going to be mad at me about that chapter. I get it. Like, you're not going to be my best friend at the end of that chapter, but it's stuff that we need to address. And while that's a needed topic, the beauty in the Lord's timing of when I wrote the book is so powerful because I, um, you know, fast forward a few years, ended up going back to graduate school and became a, a licensed counselor. And so now I have sat with lots of women. So I don't just have my own personal, but then I've sat with a lot of women who have walked through just some different, you know, uh, things with their body image. And it opened my eyes to there's so many layers here and God just began to really teach me. And I'm so thankful he did for my own personal journey, but then also just for helping other people that, um, it's, I, I like to view body image kind of like, um, grief, you know, and have you ever heard that with grief, it's not linear, even though we all wish it was, and we wish there was a formula, it's just not. And it comes in layers and it's okay. It's like peeling back layers of an onion. You know, you're like, oh, okay, peeling back a new layer. And so when I sat down to write a book on body image, at first I was just going, Lord, how do I, how do I hit all these layers? I mean, what what, what Mm. do we do here? And we happened to be building our first home at the time. And we had met with our architect who designed our, our house for us. And I was just looking at all these different, like all the different pieces that she's showing us. And she's mm-hmm. talking about the foundation and she's talking about the different things. And I'm going, that's how I do it. Like it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's uh, we have got to, it's going to be a process and we're going to take it one step at a time. And at each layer just deals with different areas of our heart that the Lord wants to bring up. And I even suspect that in my heart for the book is that women years from now, they might, the first time they read it, there might be a chapter that they're kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, that chapter's fine. Like maybe didn't completely resonate with that chapter or didn't mm. go deep. And then years from now, the Lord will go, I actually want you to reread chapter eight. Like now's the time we're, we're, we're dealing with mm. that right now. And I hope this is encouraging because I know the the thing that would trip me up with my own body image healing was I, I would think, oh, good, I, I've got freedom here. 
And then I'd enter a new season or something new would happen. And I would feel like, wait, I just took a couple steps back. I guess I didn't get freedom. Yeah. Oh, man, that was that was fake freedom. And like, no, it was freedom. It just we're going into a new layer. We're going into a new yeah. it's a journey. Even me sitting here, I'm about to release a book on body image. And I still have days where I'm, I'm in the struggle bus with everybody. Yeah. And so I also like to be clear about that. I'm like, hey, freedom does not look like that. There's not going to be times that are hard or a struggle, but it looks like, hey, we have tools now. We have hope now mm-hmm. and we know how to yeah. overcome. Yeah. Where are we turning in the midst of when we're triggered by that again, or we take a step back or whatever? I think that that's freeing in itself of, you know, even sometimes I think we can experience freedom in an area or feel like, man, I'm so thankful that God healed this place in my heart. Um, And then there's almost this fear of like, I don't ever want to step back into, you know, those grave clothes or those, you know, those areas where we feel like God has healed us. But the reality is we are on this side of heaven and we live in a sin-stained world where we are imperfectly following Jesus at every turn. And um, the beauty as we get to turn to him in those moments of desperation of saying, gosh, I thought I was past this. Lord, I, I there's still something in my heart that I want you to transform. And so um, I think that's freeing in itself, knowing that this is a lifelong journey with the Lord. And so I love that. And along those same lines, there's so many lies that we believe about our bodies based off what the world would teach us or tell us. And you talk so much in the book about, you know, surrendering these lies to God and turning towards truth in those moments when we're really struggling. So for the woman who's coming to this conversation so discouraged in her body today, how would you want to encourage her and what it looks like to begin to surrender those lies to God. Well, step one in anything is awareness. And then exactly like you said, surrender. And so surrender looks like if you think about um, a prisoner of war or somebody who's like, they put their hands up, right? And they're like, I surrender, you know, and they take their, they're showing the person that's, you know, that is arresting them or taking them hostage, like, hey, I'm not holding anything back here. You know, I I don't have any, like, I don't have any weapons. I don't have anything here. And I feel like it's a heart posture towards God. It's literally just saying, Lord, I'm tired from trying to do this in my own strength. I haven't gotten very far. And I just, I don't want to keep doing this in my own strength. I surrender this area to you. And when we just surrender, I have that visual of just, have you ever seen somebody surrender? You know, they put their hands up and they like, are just showing, hey, first of all, I submit and, you know, I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to prove. I'm not, I've got nothing up my sleeve. And I feel like that's us too, is us just saying to the Lord, turning our heart towards him and just softening our heart and saying, Lord, I, I, my hands are thrown up in the air praising you and recognizing that I don't want to keep doing this in my own strength. Um, I've tried it and it's not working and it's heavy and burdensome and I surrender and I want you into this area. And the Lord is so sweet and kind and and gentle in, in his approach with us that he not only obviously accepts our surrender, but he also walks alongside us and just takes it one step at a time with us and um, does, you know, as we ask him, that's what I love about prayers like, Lord, reveal lies, you know, in my heart. Oh, he, he loves to 
answer those kinds of things immediately or, yes. or soften my heart or stuff like that. Those are the kinds of prayers I think just delight the Lord when we come to him and say those yeah. things. Yeah, I agree. And I love that in the book, there's such a practical way to walk through that process of surrendering those to God and pointing ourselves towards truth in these areas. And so as people walk through the material, I think that's a really special part about um, this message. And mine's kind of the same way. So I love when books are like this and it's not just let's like read a book and like set it on a shelf, but it's a very real practical Okay, let's process what God is showing you as we walk through this together. So I love that. And there's sections throughout the book that you call therapist thoughts that are so, so good. And there's one that you share that just really caught my eye. So I want to read this for us. It's a quote from Dr. Linda Hoover, and it says, Have you ever considered how the original sin involved food? Unlike other addictions, food cannot be simply be avoided, not if we hope to live. What a vicious hijack by the enemy to take something God intended to be a blessing and turn it into a source of struggle and shame. So I would just love to hear you just encourage listeners in that area a little bit. I've never thought about um you know, that, that part of Genesis in that, in that way and how even today um, food can be a source of struggle and shame. Yeah. I loved this quote too, from, if you read my book, you're going to see Dr. Linda Hoover's name throughout the book quite a bit. She was a professor of mine in graduate school who I just still to this day, she's a mentor, very, very wise. And, you know, that was in that therapist thought is in chapter two, because that was where um, I did share the story of how how I briefly mentioned earlier, you know, I got off candy bars and soda and lost all that weight. And initially, it was a really good thing. I mean, our health, my health improved, right? Like, yes, I had weight loss that was visible to the eye, but also my health improved. My hip problem went away. Like, I, I got healing through getting rid of just some stuff that wasn't the best for me to consume. So that should have been a really good moment in my life. And it was for a minute, but then the enemy came in and hijacked, right? Just like he did, you know, in the garden of, oh, I see this good thing, because here's the deal about the enemy. He has no new tricks up his sleeve. So all he can do is come at the good things that God has created and try to put a spin on it and try to say, oh, this is bad. Like even the mere fact that we call food, oh, I've been, for example, if somebody, you know, eats junk food for the day. A common phrase we'll hear is, oh, I've been so bad today. What in the world? We're, yeah. we're equating our morality and our character with food? Really? That's a hijack. Like that's, no, yeah. God never intended for food to be something that we get to determine our character and our worth off of. That's a hijack of something that he meant to be nourishing and, and good and life-giving. And now all of a sudden we're labeling it good versus bad. Mm, That's so good. So, so good. Well, another area that I think is really just important to think through that you talk about in the book, and I love your perspective um, just with what you do coming to this, this topic, and you talk about big T and little t traumas and how you've seen the power of, um, no longer avoiding these areas, but pursuing healing in in those areas. And so I would just love for you to share just your wisdom in that area. Absolutely. Uh, I Before I share how that affects body image, I 
I never like to assume people know what I mean when I say big yes. T versus little T trauma. So I'm just going to briefly yep. explain the difference. And so a big T trauma is something everybody could look at and go, whoa, that was traumatic. Um, you know, a, a really tragic car accident where you almost lost your life. That's that's a big T trauma. You know, those types of things where everybody goes, oh, man, I can see that. And then uh, little T traumas are more, um, they can be a little more sneaky and we can dismiss them a little bit more, but when they stack up, especially if it's the same core message over the years, uh, they can be equally as debilitating as a big T trauma. Uh, I, I liken it to the, whenever I went through EMDR training, which just stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing, and it's just a form of trauma therapy. And, um, when you look at all these little t traumas, for example, say you were in the third grade and you tried to answer a question in class and you got it wrong and everybody laughed. And so maybe a core message you received in that moment was, oh, I'm dumb. I shouldn't speak up. And th yeah. those are things you probably didn't go home and tell your mom it out. You know, you probably just like kind of it just internalized it. And at first it's not a big deal. But when you get that same core message stacked over time, of, oh, I'm dumb, I shouldn't speak up. Well, it's like stacking stones. Have you ever been out hiking and you see a stone tower mm -hmm. happening and every time somebody comes by, they add another stone, they add another stone, add another stone. And before too long, you have this really big tower. And so when I find women are stuck in an area, I usually wanna go after, okay, where did this start? Because the good news is if, you, if we can find where it originated, we can kind of, get that stone tower to come crashing down. If we can pull out the the, the bottom stone yeah. that's holding it all together, um, we're exposing the enemy, right? Exposing the lies that crept in in that time and just rewiring things. And, and so that's why to me, it was important to recognize that in body image, this is happening because with big T traumas in body image, for example, any kind of sexual abuse or anything um, like that, or even just physical things, you know, if you did go through something like a, a, a car accident or just anything that was traumatic in your body, it is going to affect your body image. I mean, like yeah. that, that really isn't rocket science. It, it just is. And I, I don't hear that talked about very much. Um, mm. But then also, again, with the little T traumas, yeah, you know, if you had those messages, I know for me, uh, we do something in the book called a body image timeline. And my core message on my body image timeline is just that my worth is in my, my appearance. Like that was just something yeah. from a little young age that I just had that those little T traumas stacked. And so the Lord had to go in and just pull that out, pull that bottom stone out and say, yeah, that's not true. And we're not going to be in agreement with that anymore. So that was why it was important to me to bring that topic into the book. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so important. Well, as we kind of bring this conversation to a close, I wonder as you think back on all God has brought you through, even through you know, originally not wanting to be the body image girl and the transformation that's happened in you and in the future lives of your readers through this process of writing this message. I wonder, is there anything you think back on and you you would say, okay, this is what I would leave with people who feel discouraged in their body today? First of all, that you're not alone. I think yeah. how I mentioned that for years I walked this road alone and that is another heart I have for this book is that it starts really good conversations. My heart is that it gets us to turn towards each other and say, hey, yeah, actually I, I have some 
strong, you know, struggles in this as well, and that it would be a conversation starter. I, I think that's just important for people to hear. I know that sounds simple, like, yeah, you're not alone, but you're not. And I'm just here to say I've counseled enough women, I've done ministry with, I have enough friends and I have daughters uh, to know that this struggle is not a respecter of age, race, honestly, even gender. I've, I've had men who also struggle with this. The book is obviously geared towards women, but it's just important that people know you're not alone. And there are other people out there who would love for you to turn towards them and say, um, we can, let's do this together. Let's link arms with Jesus and let's, let's walk this journey together and build each other up and speak truth over each other and life over each other and remind each other of the goodness of what God says versus what we want to um, sometimes receive to be truth just from all, all of our different experiences in life. Yeah, that's so good. Well, for listeners who are coming to this episode today, today is launch day. So you can go grab the book wherever you like to buy books. And is there anything that you would want to share in terms of how they can connect with you and all the things after this episode? Yeah, the best place for me is my hub. My website is rachelgilbert.com. And and then my the book page is imagerestoredbook.com as well. And there's just, you know, all kinds of fun stuff on that page if you want to learn more about the book. And then I also um, am like you, Rebecca. I like to hang out on Instagram and I'm at Rachel J. Gilbert there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, there is a question that I love to ask all the guests that come on Radical Radiance and it has to go... It goes back to this verse that God really put on my heart when I named the podcast Radical Radiance, which is Psalm 34, 5. It says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And so the question I love asking is, what about Jesus makes you radiant? I feel like it's Jesus in me that helps me see the the root of the matter, the heart issue. Um, I can't tell yeah. you the number of times in counseling and even just podcasting and things that somebody is talking and I'm just, Jesus will just show me, okay, this is this is what's happening. And he gives me great questions to ask um, yeah. that brings out the heart of the matter. And I love that. And I know it's in him in me. I'm like, I can't take credit for that. That's him in me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So good. Well, I am so incredibly thankful for you and just that God allowed our paths to cross in this season. It's been so sweet to, again, get to walk alongside each other as we do this together. And so I'm so excited that Image Restored is out in the world and I can't wait for listeners to go pick it up. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Rachel as much as I did. Go grab a copy of Image Restored wherever you like to buy books. And while you're at it, grab a copy of Do The Thing and make sure you join the launch team by visiting dothethingbook.org. And I will be back with you next week for another amazing conversation.